Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Friends of Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast. I'm Justin Mason, lead fantasy writer and analyst at FriendsOfFantasyBenefits.com. Joining me, as always, on Monday nights is Dave McDonald. How you doing, my friend? Hey, hey. Doing pretty good tonight. Excited to uh, get into it. Me as well. We have a special guest. It is Scott Jenstad of Rotowire.com. Scott, how you doing, my friend? I am. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Trying to slowly get back in the baseball swing here, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's really good to see both of you guys. It's been a bit. It's always yeah. a pleasure to uh, chat with you. Uh, got to see you uh, in Vegas uh, back in March. Hopefully, going to get to see you again there as long as I can. Uh, rustle up the courage to uh to go back <laughs> after the shellacking you gave me in our main event link but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit uh <laughs> scott why don't you remind everybody where you can read social media and then talk about what you do over at roadwire yeah i'm not i i used to do a lot more i'm actually just down to the uh, the roadwire fantasy baseball podcast now with uh jeff erickson wherever you every sunday night monday morning for those with east coast time we tape pretty late uh, but we're live on on sunday nights uh, so doing that we had our first episode last night, so we'll be getting a lot of preseason talk, uh, player talk, um, draft talk, and then as we get into the season, we do a lot of fab talk, a lot of NFBC stuff. You know, hopefully our stuff kind of crosses over, so anybody non-FBC at least can use it too. But uh, we talk a lot of baseball, and uh, you know, Jeff and I are friends too, so it's a fun, uh, it's a fun combo. We really, really enjoy doing it. I, uh, it's always like we get to January, I'm like, oh boy, I gotta start doing this, and then I just start getting into it. It's just so fun. And then uh, social media wise, I'm at Scott Jenstead, J-E-N-S-T-A-D at uh, on Twitter. And uh, you'll get a lot less 49er talk from me as of yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a pretty brutal, uh, brutal Sunday. But now you can fully invest in baseball. Yes. Yep. So that is, I guess, the bright side yeah. of, uh, of uh, that unfortunate loss. Um, uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Follow Dave on Twitter at RunDMCD. Don't forget the D. And the D. Uh, you can follow Fantasy Benefits on Twitter at Fantasy Benefits. Hey, keep those five star reviews coming. Going to give away the first Rotoware t shirt here at next time I record. I don't know when that's going to be. I've done like 40 hours worth of recording this month. <laughs> so uh, there will be more recordings coming, uh, more podcasts coming uh, through uh, from this feed. But I might take a day or two off just to kind of recuperate. So, For your uh, sanity. When- <laughs> yeah, when when I come back, uh, we'll announce the first winner of that Rotoware t-shirt. Uh, we're going to talk some news, and then we're going to uh, kind of have some question answer time with Scott, because uh, Scott is a good player who uh, beat me in both of my main event leagues, uh, which was really, really unfair that that's how the draw <laughs> just came out. So um, let's, uh, let's start with uh, some interesting news. Alberto Mondesi was traded to the Red Sox from the Royals. 
Scott, I'll, I'm going to start with you on this one because I know what Dave's going to say, but there is a reduced price on Mondesi this year. Are you buying into it at all? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the prices. I mean, the ADP right now is like 227, just looking at the last month of DCs. I think that's going to rise with the Red Sox. I don't really think it should. I don't think it's a that I think it's kind of a, a lateral fantasy move. You know, Kansas City let him run whenever he wants, but it's funny. Dave's going to say he doesn't want him because of injury. I don't want him because I don't think he's good at baseball. So I just, uh, I probably, there's a, there's a price, sure. And like in a draft where I'm like, I guess the point in this, and it's in the 14, 15 round, I just don't have any steals. You know, maybe I'll have to do it if that's late, but I don't think he'll get that far. I think he'll probably get to like the 10th, 11th round, depending on his health. I mean, they already said he might not be ready for opening day. So if he's not, that'll change it. But, um, I just don't, I mean, I, you get a ton of strikeouts without that many home runs. I mean, I just, I'm out. Dave, I mean, I'm assuming at this point, there's no price you would pay for Mondesi, <laughs> but uh, I'll ask you the question too. Well, so since he, since he got signed, I mean, his, his price went up inside the top 200. Um, and actually Scott, no, uh, I know everybody thinks I only care about injury history, but <laughs> I also care that he sucks at baseball. Um, that's absolutely a big reason why I would avoid him. Um, my whole thing with Mondesi is just that if you're going to draft a guy like that, you're pretty much basing your whole draft plan around him. Like if you're drafting him, he's supposed to be this huge source of steals for you. So you become dependent on him and then you're not getting enough steals earlier if you are getting enough steals earlier, then you don't really need him because he doesn't give you much else. And he's not a good player. He's extremely high risk for losing his job. And that's why I, I really just don't see myself taking him even for where he's going now. Listen, I don't care that he's not a good baseball player. That <laughs> doesn't matter to me at all. Uh, especially because he's on the Red Sox who don't really have a ton of very good baseball players in this moment. So it's not like I'm worried about Christian Arroyo taking his spot in the everyday lineup or, or Rob ref Snyder for that matter. Uh, what I do care about is that he just doesn't play games. That is a huge problem for me. Um, and I have fallen for this, like Charlie Brown kicking the football for too many years. Uh, even with the reduced price, it seems super unlikely he's on any of my teams this year. I have learned my lesson. I am not kicking Good. that football. He is officially off my draft list. And there's going to be a, there's going to be a siege in every league. There's going to be a super <laughs> fan in every friggin' league that takes him way right. above his ADP. I guarantee you. I miss I miss the days of him going to the third round. It was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, easiest fade ever. Yeah. Easiest. Yeah, I, I'm 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 five. I've, this is my come to Jesus moment on Alberto Mondesi. <laughs> I think I made the joke that he's only played 50 more games the last two years than his father uh, the other <laughs> night. So uh, I'm pretty much out. The, the joke Mondesi. is a factual statement. It's it's actually a factual <laughs> statement as well. Uh, the Red Sox also uh, signed Adam Duvall. Uh, do you care about that move, Dave? Um. I mean, you know, he, he, he is what he is. You know, he's, he's a power hitter who's going to hurt you in average. Um, you know, the, the high K rate is bad. Uh, this, the average might go up slightly with the move to, to Fenway where he can, you know, use the, the green monster to hit the ball off of a bit more. But, uh, you know, I expect him to probably be a platoon guy. I assume there, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, Actually, I don't know. I don't know. What, yeah, what at, at this rate, I don't know that they have a lot of platoon options. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Ref Snyder hits lefties well. Um, but, I mean, Duvall's a righty too. I don't know. I guess I guess maybe right now he is hitting full-time. But uh, I, I'm not super interested in him because despite the power outage in the league last year, uh, 
I still feel like I'm going to be able to get that that 20 to 25 homers elsewhere without the 210 average. What about you, Scott? I mean, I think at the price, I'm kind of mildly interested. They're talking about him playing center field. Like, I don't, they hate Jaron Duran. It's just amazing how much they do. I mean, <laughs> I know he wasn't great when he got called up. But like, geez, you know, give that chance over Adam Duvall. But yeah, I mean, you look at Duvall. I mean, was he 38 113 in 2021? And the underlying stuff was really good too. 16% barrel rate that year. Like, this is a guy with legit power. I mean, the, the batting average is definitely an issue, but. You know, if he hits 225, 230 in today's major league, it doesn't hurt you as much as it used to. Um, I mean, the price is nothing right now. It'll go up a little bit now that he's signed with the Red Sox. He might have a full-time job. But, yeah, and, like, you know, after the – after the after you get your starters in there, if he's a bench bat for me, I can I can deal with that as, like, my seventh outfielder. I mean, he could be kind of a poor man's Hunter Renfro at this point. Like, it's good call. Yeah. You know, yep. you know the guy, a guy who's not going to give you much of anything other than power probably plays 125, 130 games. But if you need power late, it, it does make some sense. Uh, and he's also not a guy you're worried about throwing back onto the waiver wire if he's, sure. you know, if yeah. he's really yeah. struggling in the first couple of weeks. So I actually don't mind it, uh, especially with how shallow outfield is. You may need a fifth outfielder with power towards the end of the draft. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like, uh, especially at the price right now, as long as it doesn't go up too much, I like the Adam Duvall a lot uh, kind of as a cheap late power guy. Um, we've got some uh, reliever news. Apparently, this is now reliever season. Uh, Aroldis Chapman signs with the Royals. Scott, do you think that this puts Scott Barlow's job in any jeopardy? Uh, I probably think it does a little bit. Uh, it would make me a lot less interested in Barlow. I just hate the situation. I'm fully out on Chapman, though. I, I've said for many years, I hate relievers and closers who walk the house. I just... It's stressful for me to watch. I don't need more stress in my life as I'm as I'm watching stuff. Uh, I just think that when you look at uh, the K rate fell 13% last year too. So he was walking guys and also not striking as many guys. Swing strike rate fell 4%. I just, I mean, the walks are a huge issue. 15%, 17%. Those are massive walk numbers. I uh, I think it messes up Barlow and it makes it so I don't want to draft either of them, to be honest. What about you, Dave? Um, You know, I, I expect Chapman to go higher after he signed there. I mean, he's... You know, he's going like 340 in the last month, but his he has a min of 248. Um, I expect him to go closer to there. I don't mind him as like taking a shot on a guy who could get the role because I I frankly I, I don't I mean I don't think KC is necessarily gonna have a set closer period. I think Chapman's gonna have to earn it. But I think given his history, if if somehow Chapman rediscovers himself and stops walking the world, uh then it could be a decent shot to invest uh in a late closer spec but uh i'm not i'm not super uh enthused that he is going to improve his walk rate at this point in his career but i mean it, the last two years have just been putrid but i don't know it's just one of those times where i think i could see myself taking a shot if i really needed a closer spec there i, I kind of like uh chapman to kind of look like the guy and then i take barlow for free really late because i think chapman will blow it and barlow's really good he had a one whip last year era of like two two solid k to walk like i'd love i'd love them to say something that made a chapman i could take barlow for free like in the 26th round yeah but i just don't i don't i don't think they're going to stick with barlow is the problem like even if they give him the job at some point he's he's not going to actually have the job have the job he'll get some say ups i don't know if barlow's on this team come opening day i mean if you're watching what the royals have been doing they're just like trading away anything that has any value right now uh to kind of trade it and then bringing in zach granke to block any sort of young guy that they might have for the rotation. Like, I don't know what the Royals are doing. I don't think they know what they're doing. Um, I'm probably staying away from this situation as, as much as I possibly can for the moment. So if you're in a draft champions right now, 
I would just look elsewhere and kind of wait for a little bit more clarity. But I agree. I, I mean, I kind of hope they do give it a Chapman because I think Barlow would take that job back pretty quickly. Uh, and I would become uh, fairly highly invested in, in Barlow at that point. But for the moment, at least, I'm staying away. I just think it's it's way too up in the air because I think Barlow could easily be traded to a contender, maybe like the Dodgers that don't that want a set closer uh, or an upgrade in the bullpen and just don't want to spend a ton of money on the open market for it. I do like uh, Dylan Coleman as a late spec too in in DCs. I think uh, if if they do trade Coleman, if Aroldis doesn't work out, he kind of looked like he was a guy who I drafted a lot last year too. He's you know he's got a, a good he's he's got good skills. He had a two seven eighty ERA, a little outperformed it a bit, but uh, I think he could be a guy who could low key take over that role at some point. Yeah, for me, I have kind of a hard and fast rule that if it's a bad team and there's any sort of closer controversy, I just don't care. Like I just you know that's that kind of is that ends ends the discussion for me. I'll just go in a different direction. Um, all right, uh, Matt Barnes uh, got traded to. Uh, the Marlins today, which uh, means my my very, very early draft season, Matt Barnes shares are now back in play. Scott, you think he has any chance of closing in Miami? Um, I think it ends up being a committee. I think there's some of their beat writers were pretty much tweeting today that it's going to be a committee. I think it uh, makes it messy. I just, again, hate closers who walk everybody. So uh, I don't know. I kind of like Dylan Flora here, but I don't, really, I don't think they want him to close. You know, I think they like him as kind of the seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh, yeah, maybe with Barnes, got some closing experience, 24 saves in 2021. Um, I'm probably just out on this closer situation, to be honest. Dave? Yeah, I mean, right now, you, if you're in a DC and drafting and, and Matt Barnes is still available, you know, round 30 or whatever, like I, I would definitely draft him. I, I do actually think he's the favorite for this job. Um, his, his velo, you know, was way low to start the year, like under 94. And then he ended up like at like 95 and a half by the end of the year. Uh, he had like a 1.6 ERA in the last month, uh, or in August and September, rather the last two months. Um, I mean, I don't trust him. Cause like Scott said, the walk rates have historically been really bad for him. Uh, 2021, he had a really good season and he kept his walk rate low. Uh, can he do that again? I don't know. I, I do think it's worth a late a late shot to find out, though. Um, you know, because, yeah, the skills aren't great, but if you're looking for, like, a closer three or, like, a spec guy and you can get him as late as he's going, I'm, a, I'm all for that. Craig, Craig Mish is really tied in with the Marlins. In the last line of his tweet this afternoon, he said, I don't think they'll have a traditional closer. Um, he usually doesn't say stuff unless he knows it from somewhere, so I'm kind of – That is true. I, I was going to say I don't care what any beat writer says ever, but – he is kind of the exception to that. I, I I would agree with that with the majority of teams, but he seems pretty yeah. tied in with the Marlins. Yeah, and Craig's a great dude, uh, and I had a fantastic interview, which you should go listen to, one of the funniest moments I've ever had during an interview uh, on the TGFBI interview I did with him early, early on uh, when he was still doing a lot of fantasy I'm content. Just, I'm just setting you up for promo your old stuff. Right? Well, there you go. <laughs> like the three-year-old interview uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh oh i i don't know if i gave my take uh yeah bad team muddy closer situation i don't care all right there we go um uh, alex Colomay uh is signed with the nationals it is a minor league deal so he's not guaranteed an opening day roster spot but dave do you think there's any chance that alex Colomay gets the closing job in washington I mean, anytime you got a guy who has as much of a closer resume as he has, you there's definitely a chance that he closes again. I 
I do again, like I, I'm okay with taking a late shot on him, but I, I definitely don't I don't love the upside here because uh, you know, the skills have deteriorated so far and, and they were kind of sketchy, like even back in like 2019, we were kind of talking about how sketchy they were and they've gone way downhill since. So um but yeah, there's not a whole lot of competition there. Um I I do feel like Hunter Harvey is the guy that they want to give the job to, but um, you know, he, he can't stay healthy and nothing is for sure there. So, you know, late DC spec, I'm fine with column A, uh, but not a guy I'm planning on targeting. Uh, I think he's horrible. I want a part of him in his 2020 season that he got away with only throwing 60 games drives me nuts. Cause he would have gotten lit up later and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the, um, it's the biggest garbage 0.0.81 season ever that it just got cut short. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, Sierra, I didn't. I didn't think Alex Colomay would bring the strongest opinion on the podcast. So. Yeah, he, his Sierra was only four point four four. I don't know what you're talking it's about. The Alex most ridiculous. He just nobody got bailed out by the COVID year more than Alex Colomay. <laughs> I appreciated that year. I made a lot of money with Alex Colomay. So. And people who drafted him did. He was amazingly good. It was just. It was, it was just an absurd season. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, speaking of absurd, uh, I did the uh, Oakland preview, which was actually supposed to be tonight with Scott, uh, but I actually kind of felt so bad to have Scott have to do that, that we, we did it last night. But Cole Irvin was traded uh, from the Oakland A's uh, to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Scott, do we care about Cole Irvin in Baltimore? Uh, you know, maybe a little bit just because that uh, the new uh, the new wall there, you know, helps out lefties against righties. I think he's a I think he's a streamer matchup play. Like if you get him at home against a, a weak team and obviously, you know, it's a little different this year because they're not going to play as many games against the AL East. It helps some of these guys. The the uh, the new, uh, you know, uh, new schedule with the more interleague games and less divisional games really helps some of these guys in the East and hurts the guys in the Central. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's fine. I just He's just going to – it's always a risk. When you get a guy who doesn't strike anybody out, you always can get bad up to death or you just run that risk without the strikeouts. It's, you have to get the ratios because you're not going to get the strikeouts. So, yeah, he's a, a deep league streamer for me at best. What about you, Dave? Yeah, the same. Uh, like, I'm only going to draft him in a D.C., uh, if I, as like a guy who can give me some innings, um, and, and hopefully stream against some weak teams, but, uh, I, in like a 15 team league where redraft, like where I can pick up guys in free agency and whatnot, I'm, I'm taking risks on, on higher upside guys than him. I'm not, I'm not screwing around with, with that kind of, uh, strikeout percentage. Yeah. He's my favorite kind of guy though in a DC because he goes yeah. extremely cheaply and you just get innings. So yep. when, when you're going through like August and half of your, the guys you've drafted are now in the IL, you know, you or if it's one of your teams, Justin, more like 75%, sometimes 75%. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez <laughs> is expected to make the opening day rotation for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, this is really, really good news because I was really worried that they were adding all of these kind of mediocre arms to this rotation in order to give them a reason to not start him up with the team. Scott, what's your uh, thoughts on Grayson Rodriguez but, uh, potentially being on that opening day rotation? Can I ask you guys a question on this one first? Sure. So his ADP right now in January is 194. He's uh, they've named. They said he's going to make the opening day roster. What's his ADP in the main event? Uh, 130. Uh, I don't know if I go quite that high. I'd say somewhere in like 140, 150, maybe. It won't be on any of my teams. I, I think it'll be like 110, 120. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
I, I look. It's funny because I looked at it when you we had his name in the list. I'm like, I wonder his ADP is because I I, mean, yeah. I haven't drafted yet. It's 194. Like at that price, I'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of really kind of interested in that price. That's really good. It's no, it's not gonna be anywhere near that when we get to you know drafts in February, and March. Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dude's electric. I just a matter of how many innings he pitches. I mean, I, he threw what? Uh, he threw 76 innings across some, some uh, multiple levels last year. Uh, we maybe get 120, 125. I, I mean, I'm interested to hear what you guys think on that too. He missed three months with the lat strain last year. So like, they're definitely gonna be easy on him, but. Man, 36% strikeout rate last year, 2.2 area whip under one. I mean, the dude is legit and real and coming fast. Yeah. I just, I worry about innings and I think the price, I think the helium in March is going to be a little too much for me. Yeah. And that's, Dude. that's exactly where I stand too. I mean, I, I love the love, love, love the skills. Um, he's the, he's the, t- I usually don't like to invest in rookie starters, but he's kind of the exception. He's, he's got both electric stuff with the strikeouts and also great control, um, which is, which is tough to come by those kind of guys. Um, I just, you know, like you said, coming off the last strain, they already are talking about limiting his, his pitches per game. Cause what they said there is they're not going to shut him down early. What they do is they'll just, they'll just use him less on a per game basis. So they're talking about how he might not even get to five innings, uh, for a lot of the starts. So, you know, like if you're talking about Chris sale going around like 167 right now, like there's no chance I'm taking him over Chris sale yeah. and pretty much a lot of the guys above that point, like would I take him over guys like Brady Singer or, you know, maybe Tony Gonsolin, John Gray. I could see that, but I just, like Scott said, I think his price is going to rise out of my, where I'm comfortable taking him. Um, I think he's going to be the 130, 140, and I'm not, I'm not taking him there. And if they, if they do what you said, and he goes a lot of like four and five, I mean, that just makes him impossible to use in our, in our game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not exactly a, you know, juggernaut offense. that's going to get him wins anyways. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, Imagine with how deep the pitching pool this year is, if he jumps up into the top 150, he's going to price me out. Um, and and that's okay. Like, I'll be happy to buy in next year when he's more stretched out. Uh, but this year, I just, I, the pitching pool is too good. It's way too good to be, you know, spending that kind of uh, draft capital on a guy that's so unproven. You're not going to feel good knowing that he's leaving after five and that Michael Gibbons and Keegan Egan are coming in to, to, to close it out for you. Let's well, go, you've convinced baby. me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave put Chad Pinder to the Reds on the rundown, and my question <laughs> to Dave is why? Because <laughs> it's Cincinnati, man. I mean, this is just a – it's just a late, you know, D.C. kind of pick, obviously. But uh, the dude has a lot of power, and uh, it'll play in great American ballpark. He'll probably be uh, a platoon guy, though, so I don't expect – you know, he's on a minor league deal. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I want to touch on. Scott, do you care about Chad Pinder now that he's not in Oakland A? Eh? 
not really. I mean, he does hit the ball hard. Uh, if he were to get, uh, we're gonna get a job in Cincinnati, sure. But it seems like he'll be, uh, you know, minor league deal and platoon guy. And uh, I think my days of picking Chad Pinner late in the draft maybe uh, finally died last year. Yeah, I have zero interest in Chad Pinder, uh, even in Cincinnati. Uh, David Bella says they expect that Tyler Stevenson will play 140 to 150 games this season as long as he's healthy. Scott, how interested would you be in a Tyler Stevenson season where he gets 140 games? Wait, hold on, Justin. Can you repeat the last half of that sentence again? If if he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> um. I, I can't believe his ADP. His ADP is 130. I was surprised it's that high. Um, I don't Me know. Too. I think people I, people love this guy more than I do. I thought he was a big fade last year. And I, maybe I would have been wrong because he got hurt. He was hitting 320, but he only had six home runs. Um, I don't know. I'm not very in at the price. Uh, if they're going to play him that much, I guess he's going to play DH and play some first base. He certainly becomes a little more interesting as you know, catcher eligible. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to go too high for me, though. What about you, Dave? Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. Um, I know he's your boy, but uh, I just that 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 offense is terrible. It's a great park, and if they if he stays healthy, it'd be nice to see what he can do over that period of time. Um, I'm just I'm not a believer like you are. Sell, sell me on him as a believer. I'd like to hear this one. I'm curious. I mean, he's got real man power. Uh, yeah. He's got a really good understanding of the strike zone. Has uh, pretty good contact, so I, the injuries scare the crap out wait, of me. Wait, wait, what, what is what is real man power? I mean, one hundred six <laughs> max EV, thirty four percent hard hit rate, and five to six percent barrel rate. Like, I'm, what are we talking about? I'm I'm talking about like uh, coming up through the minors and stuff. Like, uh, okay, you know, well, like, I haven't seen it in the majors. <clears throat> well, he he hasn't been healthy enough to really unlock it yet in the majors, uh, okay. and that that's the main problem. Is I I don't trust him to stay healthy. To me, the the this quote tells me more about where Joey Votto's health is than anything else. If they're projecting him, if they're projecting Stevens to play 140, 150 games and they signed Will Myers to play some first base, I wonder if Joey Votto is going to miss a lot of time to start the season. Um, I, I think that this, uh, this will probably jack up Stevenson's price to the point where I won't even get him. And I do like him a lot, uh, but I'm really, really worried about if you draft Joey Votto that he is not going to be around for the first half of the season. That's fair. All right. Uh, Kent Maeda has no restrictions this uh, this spring. Scott, do you care? You know, my problem with Maeda is, you know, the, the issue coming off Tommy John is always control, and he's a guy who needs that command. He doesn't throw hard. He throw what was he, 90, 91. Um, I liked him in the past when, you know, he was he – was so, the control was so good. Um, but I don't know. I just – I think I'm out on a guy that uh, relies on his control coming off Tommy John. What about you, Dave? Yep, that was exactly what I was going to say. So, uh, same thing. Yeah, I never draft anybody coming off of Tommy John, and much less a guy like Maeda, who was bad before he got hurt. I think we all forget that like he was really struggling yeah. before he got hurt, then got hurt, and now has to you know come back first full season. I can't um, wait! I can't wait for the first spring report where Maeda's throwing ninety seven, ninety eight in his bullpen. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, we'll be I love I love spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there was some kind of late news uh, this afternoon uh, that. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, if the season started day, Andrew Friedman said that their plans would be to play Miguel Vargas at second base, Max Muncy at third, Chris Taylor in the outfield, and then uh, Gavin Lux at short with Miguel Rojas being a super utility guy filling in all over the place. And there was also another report that said Lux likely would be a platoon bat in this uh, kind of arrangement. 
Scott, what does this do for you in terms of your Lux uh, love and, and probably your Miguel Vargas love? Yeah, I mean, the Miguel Vargas love is interesting. The guy was really good last year. 17 home runs, 16 stolen bases, hit over 300, and I love the contact. I mean, when his strikeout rate was under 15%, his walk rate was almost 14%. I mean, that's that's great stuff right there. What I do like, too, is he can play second base. Makes him uh, middle and corner eligible because he's going to be first and second. I love guys that cover both those spots. Essentially, a free roster spot. You know, usually you need a backup middle and a backup corner. You get one guy that covers both those. You can, you know, you want to pick up a streamer that week. You want to pick up a closer. Um, it just gives you a free spot. You know, you can't always run on if you had a couple injuries, but it's really nice for a couple weeks to to steal that spot. But uh, I do like him. I, it'd be interesting what the, where the price goes. Obviously, this will change a lot. If he's starting his his two sixty five ADP is going to be out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do I do like Vargas. I like what I saw when I looked at him a little bit later, a little bit uh, this afternoon. Um, curious what you guys think about Lux though too. Uh, Dave. Um, yeah, my, I mean, my first thought looking at this is excitement for Vargas. If he actually is starting full time, you know, like Scott said, it looks great. I'm in, um, I I'm, I'd be very concerned about drafting Muncie to, uh, be healthy enough to make those throws from third base all year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was a Lux guy when he initially, you know, back in like, I don't know, 2020, 2021, Um, and you know, it's way too early to say like, this is who he is and he can't get any better, but I'm just, you know, nothing about his profile really stands out to me with hard hit rate, barrel rate, max EV. Um, you know, he makes solid contact, but I don't know. I just, I don't see a ton of upside here. And I, especially if they're talking about platooning him, that, that doesn't excite me either. Uh, I haven't even looked to see where he's going yet. He's going around, uh, going too high if they're platooning him. Yeah. Yeah, two twenty-five. He's going around. I, it, there's just there's other guys going around there that I just like more than him. He was such a monster in the minor leagues. Just he was translated at, at all. It's wild. And right. every once in a while he'll have a swing, and you're like, oh my god, that swing looks like you should hit forty-five home runs. And it just it's it just doesn't connect. It's strange. But you're right, two twenty-fives. I mean, still living off that uh, prospect hype then. Yeah, it seems like he should be going lower. Um, if if he were going closer to like three hundred, I think I might be you know, hey, let's let's give it a shot, but. Uh, yeah, I just can't take him for where he's going. I think this the hope was that this is the year they finally kind of let him play full time and he yeah. actually gets the 500 or 600 plate appearances. Uh, I mean, my initial thought is uh, I'm really excited for all my early Miguel Vargas shares because yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I've been drafting him in a lot of places so far already this draft season. Price will definitely go up, but I don't think it's going to go like through the roof or uh, anything, but I love that fact that he could have second base and third base eligibility pretty much like the two shallowest positions in fantasy this year so uh gotta love that my secondary thought is god damn it what the fuck are the dodgers doing like playing trace thompson full time and not at least like hey oh yeah miguel ross gonna play a lot of shortstop too but we're gonna move lux into the center field to play for trace thompson because he blows um so, I, I mean, I don't really get what the Dodgers are doing. As, they're uh, smarter than me. I as think. a family member of Clay Thompson, I cannot endorse this slander. Yeah, I'm, yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but as a Cavs fan, I absolutely can. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Dodgers are, Dodgers are weirdly thin on offense right now. It's it's, it's really odd. They've been it is so, so deep strange. For, they've been so deep for so many years. And you look at the bench, you're like Austin Barnes, Miguel Rojas, freaking Jason Hayward. Yeah. And Josh and, and Jay, I almost call him Josh Outman, James Outman, who you know might be a good prospect, but weirdly, like it was so many years, like who, how, how are they going to play? They have too many guys, and right now they don't really have that many. And like you mentioned, that's that's what Trace Thompson's starting. 
yeah, mean, I, I, mean, I have to I have to assume that like Andy Pages and uh, Michael Bush will be up at some point this season. Um, you know, I don't think Michael Bush is very good. Really, I I, I think they're sp- taking a year to get under the luxury cap and then signing Otani. That's exactly what's happening. Okay, that would make this a lot. Is, of this, this is all Otani Pratt is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. it's it is really strange to see like the 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 Red Sox and the Dodgers looking like a normal like non super rich franchise. It's just so weird. I mean, the Dodgers still be, I assume yeah, really it's still good, good, but, it's, still good but uh, it's just weird to see like they've, they, their bench was so good for so long. It's just not anymore. Right. Well, I think like, too, they're, they're looking at it going, look how many teams now make the playoffs. We're still going to make the playoffs. Right. right so like right. they can, they can just go, we're going to take this year off and then next year and still make the playoffs. And then next year we're going to go get Otani and, and really crush you fools. Yep. I, I think that's the plan. Yeah. Did you want to take the next one, Dave? No, blues you, but buddy. Oh, blues me. All right, there we Almost go. Like I, uh, you, <laughs> I, I didn't remember honestly. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know what the blue and black meant, and I just realized it was the ink color. That's uh, there you go. I'm, I'm uh, well, I also messaged him, and he gave me a thumbs up. So, oh. The guy's the guy's done four hundred hours of podcast this month. Yeah, before. exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Uh, uh, Scott, I know you were disappointed in the finish, uh, but you had an incredible season in 2022. You won both of your main event leagues that I was in both leagues with you. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you finished fourth and 105th overall. You also cashed in your other four leagues um, uh, and only didn't cash in one league. Uh, you've got to be pretty happy with that season. Now that you've had a little bit of time to process not winning the main event overall, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously really good. I mean, I was I was really bummed. I, I, I talked about it a little bit last night in the podcast. I uh, I just kind of ruined the end of the season for myself. I act, I just handled it really badly. I was like, I just wasn't enjoying baseball last three weeks. I was like, I'm not going to watch this game. My pitcher's going to blow up. It's going to be upsetting. Whereas it's just so dumb. I mean, this game is supposed to be fun. And I, you know, it's just, I kind of messed up. I just didn't handle it well. I was first overall with 10 days left. I just, I really wanted to win. Obviously the money is gigantic. Anybody that says it's not is lying to you, but I really wanted to win too. Like, you know, getting a, you know, winning this contest among, you know, all you guys and everybody that these are the, the best fantasy players out there. I mean, it's such an elite contest. It would have been a lot of fun. I just kind of, I feel like I weirdly made it not fun though. And it should be fun. Like getting up there and being up there in the final month is what we play for. And it should be a good time. So I just kind of, I just kind of messed it up. I made baseball, not fun. I love baseball and I made it. So I didn't like baseball that last month. So I, I just, I learned my lesson. I, I'll handle it a lot differently. But in terms of, um, yeah, I mean, I won. I still won like forty thousand dollars in the NFPC last year, and that's a dumb amount of money for playing fantasy baseball. So anybody that says like you're disappointed with that, that's, that's just absurd. So yeah, awesome season. Um, I just really wanted to pull it off. It's just hard to get there. I've played for a lot of years, and it's hard to be there with a, you know two weeks left, three weeks left. So disappointed to not get it done. I you know I did a pretty uh, pretty de- uh, big deep dive into my team to see like if I messed up or all that kind of stuff, and I. My pickups were still pretty good. My four of my top five hitters just tanked in September. Um, Jose Abreu did in a home run after August 9th last year. Oh my um, God, I didn't know that. And uh, Mookie Betts hit 220 and had zero stolen yeah. base in September. Uh, Devers had a had a 223, uh, 163 month in August. And Bobby Witt hit one home run after, I think, September 9th. So, like, that's four of my top five hitters that combined for like four home runs the last five weeks or something. So, it's just. And I was never taking those guys out. Like, there's no way I'm going to be smart enough to be like, oh, I'm going to take Jose Abreu out for a month. Like, there's just no, no. way. So, um, disappointing. And there's some mistakes I made down the stretch and, uh, you know, some stuff that I would learn from and like to fix. But, um, you know, I was up there because some of those guys were really good all year and then kind of tanked late. So, it was just uh, 
it was a tough one. I hope to get back, but it was a, it was a really fun season overall. I just feel like I just wish I kind of dealt with the end a little better. It's funny how context changes things because like if you were in like 20th place overall and you managed to rock it up to fourth in the last oh, week, awesome. you would have yeah. been ecstatic. But yeah. because it kind of went the other way where you were in first for a while and then you faded back to fourth. But I know exactly how you feel because back in 2019, uh, you know, we were in the top four, five, six, and then ended up like going back to like ninth or tenth in the final like couple days. And it was just, you know, it felt brutal to lose thousands of dollars based on a a couple of days going from like fourth to 10th, you know, but um, it's just all context. You know, I'm sure you'd much rather have this than looking back on a losing season, for example. Yeah. It was just wild. I was not, I'm looking at my spreadsheet here. I was not out of the top four um, after July 4th at any point during the season. Wow. wow. That's incredible. So it's just to finish fourth when I wasn't, that was the lowest. I just, it, but yeah, I mean, it's still a lot of money. It's still a great finish, but yeah, it's just a, it was weird because usually you move around a lot in there and I just kind of was steady. I didn't really go crazy and, you know, rock it up to, you know, first by a big margin. I never really fell back. It was just a weird steady and I just couldn't get over the top, but it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was a great season. And I, you know, I would take that every year, obviously, but uh, I'd like to win one one day too. <laughs> Are you going to roll any of those winnings over into a higher place league and play a diamond or a platinum or anything like that? Or are you just going to kind of cash it and be like, uh, going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I, I thought about it. I just, uh, I'm not adding any leagues right now. It's just a kind of busy, busy time of year and busy year right now. So at some point I would love to, you know, bank some of this and maybe, uh, you know, when I get to get the child, uh, the child a little bit older and, uh, you know, a little bit less, less busy with work. Maybe I'd jump into some of those, but for the mo for the time being, I'm either going to play, uh, I only play two main events every year. So I, I, there's a lot of people that play a lot more. I might play a third one um, depending on, you know, how I kind of feel as we get to March, I'm feeling good about it. So I might, uh, I might add a main event, but that would probably be the, uh, the extent of kind of adding, uh, adding to the, to the pot. Yeah. Cause I know you're not really like, like me, you're not really a volume guy. Like we're not like, uh, like yeah. I know Vlad plays a ton, you know, like I, I also feel that like the more leagues you add, the more you're spreading yourself thinner. And so maybe, you know, two main events might be what's best for you to play at your best. You know, if you add a third, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be, you know, Hey, I'm going to have another shot to have a really great yeah. team again. You know, might end I would, yeah, I'd, I'd cut it. I'd cut another team. If I did, I'd play one less online or something like that. Like yeah. I would figure okay. it out, but That's fair. Um, yeah. I would, I, I go four max fab teams, in the NFBC. And I just, I can't like, I spend yeah. a lot of time Ditto. on Sundays. It is doing it. Yep. I can't spend any more time doing it. So I, and I want to make, yep. I want to do it. Well, I I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all in. And then, if I have more teams, I'll just be more all in. I just, I just, I can't do it. So I, I, I think it's, uh, there's a point where it, uh, it hurts all my teams to play any more teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm hoping that this new Fab system helps us make changes better, quicker. But I, I think, like you, I'm just very slow with that stuff too, and very deliberate. And I, I just, I can never get done ahead of time, regardless of how much I try. I, no matter what time I start, I'm putting moves in at like 6:50 Pacific time. Yep. Like it just, I don't. Yeah. It always, it, I'm always like, how did this happen? How did I get here? And all, I'm putting, I'm like changing, tweaking stuff. I just, I don't know. It just always works that way. It's always the way it is. Um, yeah. Did you feel like your online main event team that finished fourth overall was easier, though certainly not easy to win compared to your live main event team where you had to grind out a victory over, you know, some of the greats playing with like Jeff Zimmerman, Tanner Bell's team, Emmett Rulin, Dalton Del Don, and of course the great Justin Mason. Um, cause we all know like what the competition level is. And I'm not saying that the online leagues don't still have really good players playing them. They do, but like every single person that you're playing against live, like you said, best players in the world, pretty much. So, you know, what did you think about the, the kind of dichotomy between those two teams? 
Yeah, Paul Spore in that league too, and the Hall well, of Famer Dave Dave Potts in that league too. So there was oh, it, and Michael Govier in that league. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, just, it was it was a stacked league. And it, so my answer to that is, yep, maybe a little bit. I mean, I just think the problem with that Vegas league was it was so many people that were like in this world that none of those people are ever not making moves. Like the the list. Like my right. other league was active, but it was nowhere near as active as our Vegas one. I mean, we and like I think 50, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. We have like 50, 60 moves every week in September. I'm like, dude, can you guys just give me some people? Like it just, it <laughs> never. And the thing with our league too, was like second to like 10th place moved every single week. And it, I mean, Justin was leading in May or June and like July. Fell in in July. July. Yeah. There you go. I, I knew it was late. I knew it was pretty far into the season. Wow. It just, the movement was in, like, you could move from 10th to second. Uh, Emmett, who you mentioned was like 14th all year and, Moved up to like fourth at one point. It was just so much movement that nobody gave up. It was just one of those weird things. And the way that people were in that league, like. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These people are all making content. Like the last thing those people could do is stop playing. Like they're, they get these right. things talked about. It looks bad if they stop playing. You know, even if you're out of it. So it was just it was a weird league where almost everybody in the league was so invested so well. It was a really hard league. You saw. I mean, it won the league with 130 close, rows. Yeah. Nobody was going to win that league going away. It was just it, it was, the overall winner was never coming from that league. Right. And that's that's what's so hard about winning the overall from a live league. But, hey, it's been done. Yeah. Um, so we've endured well, and, a ton of – I was going to say, one, you know, one of the things, like, not take away from, like, Steve Weimer or uh, Bob right. Caramatoli, but you look at, like, the bottom half of their league, and they had a bunch of people who stopped paying attention. Checked out. Like yeah. you know, it matter it matters a lot. And it made it that, that like, happens more in the fully quit, but yeah, it's it's happens yeah. a lot more in the online leagues than the live drafted leagues, though. You know, I mean you can they, have that seven what? of the teams in that league finished outside the top five hundred in the overall. Yeah, and you figured those seven teams they probably spent they're not spending their money the last three months. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're that right. far out, like are you really and if you do, you're like you're not looking for anybody, you're just throwing a couple names in. It, it matters. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. So we've endured a ton of turmoil since 2020. I mean, we had the short season, we had COVID, and then 2021 coming off of that, trying to regress back to what, where, where do we put, put guys and all that. I mean, so many things that we're trying to adjust to, and then we've had the humidors, the dead ball, the, the Goldilocks ball. Um, so how did you adjust last year coming off the first full season after the short season? Like, Did you approach it like it was going to be a normal season? Did you know about the humidors and the, the ball? And were there certain types of players you targeted or any, you know, Anything that you saw that that helped you do well last year? Because you were good all across all your teams. And not, not to say that that isn't just because you're a great in-season manager too, but was there something that you saw that you kind of drafted all these teams kind of similarly? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the key for me was 2021 I struggled because I put too much weight into 2020. I kind of treated it like, oh, it's just I'm looking at yep. fan graphs and, oh, there's the stat line. But, like, 
anybody's good or bad for two months in baseball. Like we, we just talked about, you know, Jose Brady didn't home run for two months. Like if that had been 2020, he won the MVP in 2020. If that had been 2020, he would have hit one home run. So I right. put way much into that. So it was just, it was helpful for me to have a full season. Like when I look into players and I'm really digging into what they did the last couple of years and not, you know, having that 2020 is the most recent season really messed me up. But I think we knew about the humidors, but I don't think we, I mean, there's nobody that knew about the balls last year we were drafting. Right? I mean, there was no way to know, um, for me, mostly, I didn't. I, I kind of fell out of love with the the second and third round starters in the in the main event. They get pushed up so much, and I got to the point where I was like, if I get the right exact one at the one two turn, maybe something like that, I would have taken one of them. But I got to the point where I was like, I wanted to go three three offensive players the first four rounds, and that just turned out to be really work really well with the human or the ball because pitchers were easy to find, easier to find there. So a little bit of a little bit of luck in there, a little bit of me, you know, kind of figuring out what pockets of value I like. I really liked a lot of starters in the fourth, fifth, sixth round as much as those guys in the second and third round. So I kind of skipped those guys and ended up with a lot of really good bats in the second, third round. That was, that was, that was pretty huge for me. You're welcome for taking Trevor Rogers from you. I took him in the, uh, I took him in the Vegas one and it, uh, it did not, he was my, he was my SP one in that league. I know. I know you, I, the, the crazy you, thing in our, in the, in the main event, I did really well in, uh, in the third round, I was taking Freddie Peralta and he went in the pick before me and I was oh. pissed. And like, he would have been a disaster. It would have killed that team. I mean, I still would have been good, but it would have, it would it wouldn't have been a top five team for sure. And it was funny. Cause I was down to class a or Bobby Witt. And I was like, you know, I was pissed about Peralta. I'm like, screw it. I'm just gonna take the young hitter. And you took class. I think the next pick, which turned out great. Did, yeah. Um, and I took Ryan Presley right after that. So Kaze would have worked out a lot better. But uh, it's just funny how, you know, you could talk about how good your draft was and all this stuff. And, you know, one thing changed that that, that would have killed that draft. I had yeah, the same absolutely. thing. And uh, I forget if it was 2019 where Brian Vogel took someone who ended up sucking that year. I was so <laughs> mad. He took him right before me. And same thing. Like we ended up taking someone who worked out really well and he ended up busting. I, I thought maybe it was Trevor Bauer, who I think had like a 4.5 ERA that year. So yeah, I think I think he took Bauer right before we were going to take him. Sometimes the uh, best picks are the ones you don't end up making. On the flip side, in 2008, I had in my fourth round, I was between Brandon Webb and Roy Holiday, and I was like, oh, well, I can't go wrong here. <laughs> uh, finished, finished finished 11th overall with four innings from Brandon Webb on the year. Oh, oh. If I take if I take Holiday, I like I win by so much. It's just absurd. It's just uh, oh. Well, one, in, one start and you couldn't drop me either. It was like, he'll be back in three weeks. He'll be back in six weeks. So I, I still had him in like August and it was just, oh, it was awful. In, in our Vegas, Maine, Paul purposely sniped me on Kyle Gibson in like the 23rd <laughs> I remember, round. I remember, and, I remember the cursing coming from this side of the room. Yeah. And the, the, I did the math on it at the end of the season. Had he just taken a league average reliever instead, he would have finished third in our league instead of fourth. Oh, that is that is like karma with all capital shiny letters. Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that is beautiful. Oh, I love that. That's a great story. Yeah, uh, let's discuss how uh, you're going to adjust for 2023. We've got, you know, it feels like we haven't had a full regular off season yeah. like in years, right? We had COVID. We had the year after COVID. Um, you know, last year uh, we had a bunch of other, you know, spider tack and all sorts of weird things. Now we get brand new rule changes. We've got um, it, the changing of the shift. I don't like calling it a ban, so I won't call it a ban because teams can still shift. They just can't shift as drastically. Yep. Uh, larger bases, limited pitching overthrows, pitch clocks. What are you going to focus on personally, and what do you think other people might focus too much on? 
So my my bad answer to this is I don't really know quite yet, but I think in the in the grand scheme, I'm going to let people over focus on it probably more than me. Um, the basis is weird; like you wouldn't think it that makes of a difference, but you look at the minor league numbers, and it was definitely a pretty drastic uptick in steals. And I don't huge. know if that was just the way it worked, but it was a huge uptick. I don't think it'd be that big in the majors. My thought is like those middle guys will run more. I think like the you know I don't think Alan Rotomani is going to run any more than he was. I don't think that um, you know I don't give me a Carlos Correa something to start stealing bases. He has, none since 2019 it's that middle guy it's those like freddie freeman types maybe stole 12 maybe they'll still 18 or dansby swanson maybe he'll still 23 instead of 18 um but it's probably gonna be up across the board so i'm not gonna stress about it too much and i think i'm gonna just kind of uh know it's a factor know it's gonna be not as much a factor in the minors you know i think it was 20 percent up there maybe it'll be 12 to 15 percent up but i think it'll be kind of up across the board but if i bump anybody it's maybe those middle guys that you know maybe used to be 8 to 10 maybe they'll be 13 to 15 now so i think those are the guys that i i bump up there um, I'd be lying to you if I know I can, I can get in the pitcher's heads on the pitch clock. Like I just, who knows? I mean, I think there'll, there'll probably be a couple of guys that get mental about it and struggle with it. I just, there's no way for me to know who those guys are going to be. I don't think. I, I think one of the things that I've, I've been trying to talk about most of the off season is like, we just don't know, yeah. right? Like we, we didn't know what a 60 game season was going to look like. And anybody told you we did know going into it <laughs> nope. was lying to you. Anybody who told you they knew other than obviously Phil, uh, knowing uh, what 2021 is going to look like after the shortened season was lying to you. Um, and I feel like that is like what it is this year, right? Like I think you just focus on skills to the best of your ability and kind of try to readjust in season as we start to figure things out yeah. a little bit and not like overblow it because we have no clue. Historically, there's no like way to account for this. I think that's I think that's really well said. I think that you gotta just kind of focus on what you can control and what you can study and what you can do and how you can strategize and the other stuff. You can't, you can't control it. It's, I, I I'm not gonna spend too much time stressing about I, it. But same with same with the ball too. Like I there's no way for me to know. Like I can't yeah, tell yeah. you. I don't know if Rob Manfred knows the friggin' what the ball is gonna be. I mean, he <laughs> seems like he doesn't for sure. So I'm not gonna. I don't stress about it too much. That's that's more along the lines of how I think too. I I was listening to uh, Pull Hitter Pod where they were talking about this and and you know uh, Tanner Bell and Jeff Zimmerman were saying that. You know, if you don't know, uh, if you don't have a plan of how how the shift is going to affect players, you might be screwed this year. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys know. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't read their research yet, but um, do I don't teams know. even know? Like, I, I mean, well, I mean, you can look at past data and say, OK, here's the guys who got shifted on. Here's the poll rates. Here's, you know, the pitchers. What, how I mean, they... the, theory, the theory is lefties that bounce the ball in the shift will be better off. Right. Like, I don't I mean, I mean that's. that's... That outfielder yeah, but, at second base was are killed guys. But you don't want to double count because like some guy, okay, like some guys, some lefties that pulled the ball didn't really get affected by the shift, and some of them uh, got really affected. Like you hear a lot about Corey Seager. He's the guy who, you know, really got affected a lot. But there's other guys too. There's Carlos Santana and some other, you know, there's a lot of guys, and, and they all got affected different amounts. But you know, it's are you calculating that into just last year's average? Are you, you know, are you projecting a lot of those more to go in as hits? I don't know. I, it feels like, like you guys are saying, it still feels like a crapshoot. I, I, I'll probably do some work on it, but I'm not going to put a ton of. Uh, I think, I think Corey Seager is like a really good example, right? Because Corey Seager is just a genuinely good hitter, right? And so we were, we would expect him to just be better than last year because he got unlucky last year. He um, did on top of that too. Yeah, like that was only yeah. part of his struggles. That like, yeah. I mean, twenty twenty one, his bat was three thirty six, and they had to the shift then too. Yeah, exactly. And then, and here's the thing. Yeah, teams are still going to be able to shift. Like I said, just not as drastically. Not that guy into the outfield, right? right. Uh, pitchers are going to adjust too. 
teams are going to adjust. It's not like the hitters are the only ones who get like, oh, now I have freedom to hit where I want to hit. Like pitchers and teams are going to adjust the way they approach different hitters. Like this isn't like going to just be a binary uh, kind of move here. The, the announcing is going to be painful. Like every time a guy bounces the ball through the infield, we're going to just hear about it every time. It's going to be so, it's going to be so oh. painful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I highly recommend muting your TV. Yeah. It's going to be every, they'd be like, Oh, I knew what you get rid of it. I'm like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> are are you a, a projections guy or more of a gut feel guy when it comes to drafting? My answer to that is neither. I'm, I'm really in the middle. Like I, I'm a big believer, like in real baseball, like I think that scouting is important. I think analytics are important, but not to just lean hundred percent on each one. So, you know, I watch games, I, I but I also look at stats and I, uh, I'm more of a um, finding guys. I like more or less than they're going at in drafts. And I kind of just go with that. So I don't do my own projections. Um, I wouldn't claim to be smart enough or good enough with Excel or numbers to do that anyway. I respect the hell of people that do. And I do look at them and I, you know, if I'm like, oh, I wonder what, the, what, what uh, you know, the bad X or steam or, you know, Vlad thinks about these guys, I'll look. But uh, for the most part, I'm, uh, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at other numbers and I'm, you know, I'm also looking at situations and uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of games too. So I, uh, I put myself somewhere, somewhere in the middle of that is a kind of a cop out answer. Uh, I'm not smart enough to do my own projections either, but oh, I am doing it. Yeah. There you go. I would agree with him. He is not smart enough to do his own projections. Um, no, I'm with, I'm with do you do guy. them? Do you do them by hand, or you run like some kind of algorithm? Like what exactly you do? What, no, what, what just, is the, what do you uh, do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing them by hand. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I I don't have I don't have the ability to do what like Zimmerman does or Cardi does and just or Ariel and just like click a button in the button you know the the machine does it for you so you like yeah, start no. with a ba- one of those like projections as a baseline and just kind of move off those i mean are you like really building the whole thing yourself by i time? i really built the whole wow, thing by myself how long does that take it i started at the beginning of october and i finished oh, yeah. last night all right so more so. than like more than a couple hours then yeah <laughs> it was like it was, it was about uh three to four hours a day since the beginning of october that's uh, that's impressive. That is the that is the that is some work right there. If if I don't cash in any league this year, I I don't know what I will do. <laughs> that's 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 impressive though. Do you uh, do you find yourself like way different on some guys than some of the projections? Like how do you how do you quantify it end a year? Like just based on how you did or how do you? I mean. I- what, what do you mean in terms of like success or? Yeah, are you like, oh, my, I, I did really well. My projection must have been great. Do you like actually like go back at the end of the year and like see how far you are off on everything? This is, you... this is the first time I've done oh, it this, right. this in depth. Okay. So I, I used to do them when I, you know, prior to being in the industry and I had more time, but I'd never, you know, I would win my league and be like, well, that worked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now I'm playing against a much tougher level of competition. So we'll see. How it uh, how it shapes up? I might even like give them to Ariel and be like, "Hey, run these against all the other projection systems like you do, and just see how they uh, see how they worked out." But ultimately, um, I, I have found that for the most part, I'm in line with a lot of the other projection systems. I think the main differences are the way in which I am able to calculate uh, certain things in that maybe uh, projection systems can't account for as much. So, like right. you know. You know, you when you go over to Fangrass, sometimes you see playing time or innings pitch like that seems really weird or really off. Yeah. You know, Tyler Glass now being a really good example of they've got him projected for 140, 150 innings, and he's only thrown over 100 innings once. You know, and so because I'm doing it manually, I can account for I don't think he's going to do that. So things like that. But for the most part, it seems fairly in line with a lot of the other systems. The bat has Glass now at 171. 
Exactly. And I, I got him for like wow. 125 or something wow. like that. Even that is, felt aggressive. 171 is something. <laughs> yeah, I, I will agree. That is something. Wow. It apparently, according to Nick from Pitcher's List or from Pitcher List, uh, <laughs> it does not Nick account for uh, it, does not account for that dog in him. Apparently, that is what <laughs> I'm not accounting for. So, appara- <laughs> apparently, the bat can account for the dog in him, but I can the dog did in the, him adds did, 50 innings. Did the dog just enter recently because he hasn't been there the last six years? Then. <laughs> <laughs> just enter him this off. How did the, how did the dog I, get there? I wonder if the dog is like rabies or something, and that's why he's missed so much time, or I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Scott, uh, when you do your research in general, like what resources do you use? You know, I, I heard you talk about fan graphs. I'm pretty sure you're a forecaster guy. Uh, Pitcherless, Statcast, I heard you talk about projections. Do you use anything uh, Anything else that you use? So when I really get into it, I go I go player by player, and I, uh, I usually uh, I look at – I look at ADP last. So I want to kind of get and formulate That's my opinion beautiful. before I look at that. Um, I usually open up, uh, I open up Roto world fan graphs and baseball savant usually. And I have the forecaster usually open too. So I'll read, I'll read the forecaster blurb and the Roto wire blurb. Just kind of remind myself like, you know, this guy get hurt late in the year. What happened? What was the year like? And then I'll look a little deeper. I'll look at uh, savant and fan graphs, kind of figure out, uh, you know, if I like a guy, do I think he's going to be better than last year, worse than last year? I'll look at his ADP and every once in a while I'll be like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I thought. Should AP, but then I'll get times like, oh, that seems really high or really low, and then I kind of, you know, bold a guy or cross a guy. I don't cross a guy off, but like, you know, move him down the ranking. So, um, yeah, I look at I look at every guy in depth though. I look at I go player by player, which probably seems uh, you know slow and long, but I, I enjoy that process. Um, I'll go position by position. So, uh, yeah, big in uh, you know all those pretty much all those things you said. They're all really good sources, but uh, Fangraphs is probably the the main place I'm at. I, I said I have like a the custom stat line at the top of the stats that I really want to know about. So I'm pretty much, I look, I can look at that top half of that page and get almost everything I need to. I don't, don't listen, scroll Nick. much up and down. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, uh, the cut, the custom is really nice. I just, I have the exact stats I want there. I can look at a picture and yep. hit her really fast and figure out uh, where it I'm at. Right. And then, you know, and then if I get someone I will get confused on, then I'll, I'll dig a little deeper and kind of look at those, some of the, some of the deeper stats, but most players, especially the guys that are really good um, at the top of the draft, it's, it's a pretty quick look for me. And I kind of know what I'm looking for anyway. And has there been any like mantra that you've stuck by over the years that kind of helps you helps feel like that's what's make helping make you successful? Like you don't draft early closers, or you don't pay up for steals or roster construction is really important or you grab the values that fall in the draft regardless of position, something like that. The biggest thing for me is um, not getting locked into one player or one strategy is to be flexible in the draft. I think it's really hard to do. You have to be really prepped. You have to be really confident what you're doing too, especially in the live drafts. Cause you get to a point where, you know, something happens, you're through five rounds. You're like, Oh, I'm missing something. But I think that adapting in the draft, people get so locked in. You know, we talk about strategies where, like people are like, I got to get four pitchers. You know, I got to get this. And you know, last year that, you know, Aaron, I got Aaron judge at pick 60 in our Vegas main. I already had three mm-hmm. hitters. I'm like, you know what? I'm not just cause I, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to pass it up. It, it was a, it fell to me. It was a gift. I'm going to take it. The guy I like, and just kind of the way it worked out. And I just have to, you have to be able to adapt in the draft. So I think big, when I first started doing the draft, I was like, I'm going to get this guy. I kind of knew my first five picks going in and I hate that. Like I just, I think every draft is so different. I know who I like in every range. I know what, uh, what categories I can find late in certain pockets. So as long as I'm prepped and prepared, um, I think being flexible in the draft has been the the thing that's been absolute best for me. You're welcome by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were two picks picks ahead of me there. (laughs) Yeah. That that was a gift. Um, uh, Would you rather have a team that uh, streams hitters or pitchers more often in a 15 team league? 
Uh, hitters for sure. I think uh, pitchers are tough. I, the, last year was a little bit different because the at least the first part of the year you could really you could really find some pitchers and nobody was getting hits. But um, for the most part, yeah, like give me give me finding guys that are playing time as hitters and I can kind of work that through. Man, finding pitchers in a fifteen teamer has just been nasty recently. Yep. Yeah. One one bad one bad stream can take the ERA and whip. And it's I'm, always a, it's always a two start guy, and you're like, oh, I gotta have another. Start and that's for this guy and that's the, the thing, like with brutal with streaming hitters, you don't have that downside. You know, like they might suck for a week, and they might like lower your average slightly, but it's it's nowhere near the same to the same degree as a pitcher can do damage to your ratios. I will say you did a pretty good job in our Vegas, man, because I mean you were looking for pitching all year long, all year long, yeah, in that in that <laughs> league, and somehow made it work, uh, and you know to take down that championship. Uh, well, I think if you look at my offense, it's uh, it was I think I had seventy three points at some point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, you had were... Aaron Judge as your like fourth rounder, yeah, I'd say you probably mm-hmm. did okay in offense. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't think there was ever a point where I I, I had uh, I finished with seventy three hitting points, 15, 15, 15, 15, 12. Yeah. Now, did you draft first in that league? I were did. You... I went uh, I went Turner, Jordan Alvarez, Tioscar, Aaron Judge. Holy crap! Yep, that was Tioscar wasn't Tioscar wasn't even that good either. And but then wasn't your your first pitcher was Trevor Rogers? Trevor Rogers, right? so yeah, it was a disaster yeah. from from day one pitching. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If you're gonna if you're gonna take those values of quality, you got to make up for it. And it's sometimes if if you miss on that first pitcher, it makes it real tough. But yeah. I got Severino and Severino and Joe Ryan later helped, and then Severino got hurt. It's just it, pitching was tough all year long in that league, and yeah. it was and there was no way to pick up anybody because I like I mentioned before the league was so insane. Like any pitcher with a pulse got picked up, and for for real money too. There was no like sliding guys through for four bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, destroyed my season. Yeah. And this, yeah. and this that, is why that is mean, that is what he specializes in. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why, as we know, pitching always gets pushed up like uh, a round and a half to two rounds come yep. March. Like the guys that you have been getting in the fifth round all draft season are now going in like the third, sometimes early fourth. But you just it's not the same values because the the people the live drafters know the value of those starters. Yeah, if, you, um, if you're if you're going to the main event, uh, make sure you're you have a plan for that because the pitchers you think yep. you're going to get, you're not going to get where you think you're going to get them. Correct. Some uh, idiot in your legal pit will uh, move up Trevor Rogers to the fifth round like I did. <laughs> hey, I was right with you, man. I, I had Trevor Rogers on many a team last year. It was it was very unfortunate. <laughs> Looking uh, at the list of guys I could have taken right after instead is is gross. I know, <laughs> painful. I know you're like me and that you're slow to get ready for the season. You don't like to draft until later. When do you think you'll have your first draft this year? Uh, my first draft will probably be TGFBI. When does that start? Okay, uh, February twenty seventh. I'll definitely be my first me draft. Too. Yeah, me too. Um, I probably will do all my drafts in the last two weeks of uh, last two weeks before the season. That's pretty much how I do it too. Um, and then I've got a group of friends that I keep in contact throughout the season. We discuss players and fab and all that. Do you have a circle of people that that you discuss with stuff as well? I know you're kind of a lone wolf when it comes like you don't like sharing teams. I know that we've talked about that. I, on a couple it's not of that I don't like it. I'm I'm bad <laughs> at it. So like, and nobody wants to share teams with me. I'm a horrible <laughs> partner. So it's more of a it's more of a me problem than a lone wolf problem. But yeah, I do. Uh, I we have a text chain. I talk to uh, Vlad Sedler and Rob Silver and Matt Modica, who are all smarter than me and better at this game than me. So it really helps me. And they're all really smart with numbers and all that kind of stuff. So I, we we bounce ideas. It's funny that our text chains become more about like just being friends and kind of talking about everything that is about just about baseball. It started started as baseball and it's kind of moved on from that. Uh, Rob did make us create a new football one though. He he asked off the football one, so we had to create a new change. He was so, <laughs> he was so tired of us talking about football, but um. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good group of guys. So we talk uh, 
and we don't it's funny we don't talk like specific fab prices all that much but like you know if someone's like hey you know this is a guy that uh, i've been looking at or there's a lot of like good little tidbits here and there we all kind of do our own thing but um you know the, the baseball we do talk about it is really good and then obviously i, I talk with jeff erickson i do the podcast of them on sunday so we talk uh we just talk during the day on sunday and kind of you know coming up with a plan for the podcast and then in the in the process of that we usually talk about who we're bidding on or who we like or who we're looking at and that kind of stuff again not really specific prices, but at least kind of, you know, get some ideas and it's just helpful to, you know, make sure you're not forgetting someone that maybe, uh, maybe would have slid, uh, slid by. There's so many players to look at in baseball that it's just, it's good to have some, uh, some, some smart people to bounce ideas off. Definitely. There we and go. I, there we I go. Was, That's and, what I need. I need friends, apparently. <laughs> smart friends. Smart friends. Oh, so, smart friends. Oh, smart friends is key. Yes. Yeah. I was saying you want, you want to be you want to be the dumbest guy in the chat at all times. Oh yeah. Oh, well, sure. that's easy. Yeah, it's easy for um, me. <laughs> mission accomplished. Um. <laughs> yeah. No. Last year, I've, I'm in the. I started the beat less than Dave DC, and all of a sudden, like we're like the last or second last team to enter is Vlad Sedler, Matt Modica, and Scott Jenstad all together on one team. And I'm like, what the hell is this nonsense? <laughs> oh, my I do God. That was funny. Yeah. I was like, did you guys just come in here to troll me or something? Like, Jesus. Probably. That, that's pretty likely. That's pretty likely. It sounds likely. It sounds sounds like you guys. But, yeah, uh, yeah you, guys, you guys ended up taking third place, and I ended up taking fourth. So neither of us won the league, but you guys at least cashed. But it yeah, sounds it sounds like, like, it sounds like all is right in the world. Yeah, sounds, sounds like you right. shut up. Sounds <laughs> like you didn't even get paid though, Scott, because you were like, "Oh, I didn't. I've completely yeah. forgot about that league." Really not. I need to go figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, Rob Silver's having some sort of fancy Canadian steak on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, so in your first meeting last year in Vegas, you drafted first over, uh, first overall, and then I think you were eleventh or twelfth. I was right next to you. I just can't remember whether I had eleven or ten. Um, do you have a preference in your draft spot? Like, would you rather draft on the ends or in the middle? Uh, I prefer the middle in the main event. The, 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 the big league says, I just hate to, I hate to like miss those runs. And I think in the middle, like I usually draft better. Like when I get, when I get in the turn, sometimes I, I try and like jump people. Cause I'm like, Oh, he's not coming back. And I, I tend to, I make some mistakes here and then I've found myself doing that. So I prefer to be in the middle. Um, but you know, if it, there's a, there's a, obviously players I want to trade Turner last year. So I'll usually put one, two, three, one or two at the front, and then I'll jump back in KDS to like seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, usually somewhere in there. I prefer to be in the middle. I feel like I just draft better and make less mistakes there. And I'm kind of more, uh, more kind of focused to, I, when I, I tend to have a little ADD. So when I'm on the, I'm on the ends, I'll kind of zone out for a few picks where if you're in the middle, you don't really have time to do that. So I just, I kind of like being in the middle of the action. I tend to think I just draft better. It's just a personal preference more than anything. But I, I fully, you know, play out the first three or four rounds. I'm not going to take the middle if I don't think it works out as well. Where I, if I, I'm looking for drop offs in the, you know, second and third round, and make sure that you know if there's yeah. there's 19 guys I love this year, I'm going to make sure maybe I get a back end pick to get two of those guys. So it's it's year by year, but you know, in a vacuum, I, I like to be in the middle of the draft for how I draft. That is exactly how I feel. We were on PitchCon, and I was talking about this with Rob Silver, and he was the opposite of me, where he he really likes being on the ends because he says it forces me to just be aggressive and take my guys. And I'm like, yeah. I'm more like you where I like, I think I'm pretty good at figuring out what the values are when they fall. And I, I want to be in position where I can take them. Now, granted you had judge fall to you when you were on the end, you know, where that can happen. Thanks. Um, Justin. It's, de- <laughs> it's definitely more likely that you're going to have that opportunity when you're in the middle, because you don't have to wait six, you know, 30 picks for it to come back to you. Um, close, close, close a run, close a run, scare the hell out of me on the ends too. It, yeah. Close a runs. I mean, you know, if there's only like one or two guys left that you like for steals, all kind like, you know, starters, if there's only one or two guys left in a tier, you know, 
there's just there's so much more risk when you're on an end. So I'm I'm like you. I do develop it based off of the targets, but uh, like playing it out, how is it going to go in the first couple of rounds, uh, and then go from there. But I feel much more comfortable in the middle too. Yeah. Um, what first round picks this year, 2023? Do you not have any interest in whatsoever, if there are any? You know, I probably haven't gotten quite uh, that far yet. Uh, I don't really see anybody that's like an obvious no for me. I guess my answer is probably, um, as much as I love the guy and the player, I don't think I'm going to take Bobby Witt in the middle of the first round. Um, that uh, the last two months kind of worried me a little bit. I don't know if he had an injury or something was going on, or maybe pitchers adjusted back to him. But I mean, he's a stud. But you know, hard hit rate was under forty percent. Barrel rate's under nine percent. He stole thirty bases. Like he probably has to do that again to work. And, uh, you know, the K rates, yeah. uh, it's okay at 21%, but he hit 250. Like, I just, I think we're maybe a year off from being him, him being a top eight pick. And I'm a little surprised that he's there maybe more than like maybe early second round. So I think if I, if I had to answer that one right now, I think the Bobby Witt's the guy that I think is going a little too high. That I don't, I don't see myself taking, like, there's no way I take him over Jordan. I don't take him over yeah. Vlad. I don't take him over Soda. I don't take him over Betts. I just, I won't get him if I'm not going to take him over those guys. He yeah, did have projection. a hamstring. I was sorry. I was just gonna say he did have a hamstring injury in late July, which could have accounted for his his yeah. running less at that point. Go ahead, Justin. What are you saying? I was say my projections don't have him as a first round pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. there you go. Well, I, I mean, it's I like it's a bad that. offense too. I always feel like when we take these guys in bad offenses, it's just you're setting yourself up for disappointment and runs in RBI. Um, same thing for me, Bobby Witt. I also would have a tough time taking Vlad. Um, it's not that he's a bad player. Obviously, he's really good, but. I just don't know what I'm getting, you know, at pick 12 that I'm not getting something similar from, from guys a little later. And first round is just, or first base is just, it's so stacked that there, there's just so many other directions I'd rather go. Are you still, are you still Otani at one? Well, I'm, I'm still debating that. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't take him at one, obviously. Um, I, I don't plan to try to get the first pick this year, but okay. Um, I do want to have some shares of him because I love, love, love that flexibility. Um, where you know you can kind of switch your team around. I do think he has more value as a DC play because you can't really pick up guys in season right. there. Where it really, there were so many times last year where switching him from utility to starter helped me immensely. Um, I, I probably will go different directions this year than him. If if I'm drafting at one, if for whatever reason I'm there, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't be him. I, I think it'd probably be J Ram. Yeah, I took Otani eighth overall in my most recent draft. Uh, it was obviously a DC, but uh, I like the way it turned out. Um, but I definitely wanted to try it out. So he was there at eight, popped him, and uh, made it work. So I'm a little concerned about the stolen bases too, because what we see is a lot of these big power hitters like you know Mike Trout, and Matt Kemp. Once they kind of started to, after a couple of years into the league, they kind of slowed down on the bases and just focused on being a power hitter in the middle of the lineup. They stopped running as much. And I don't know. I don't know what the cause of him not running in the second half was last year, but that, that I, kind of I assume the Angels were like, dude, you're way too valuable. Stop stealing yeah. bases. Right. That that could very well be. Although it's, it could be his last year there. Maybe they don't care anymore. But I just there's no I mean, way there's no way I'd let him run if I were them. They have talked about letting him just pitch every uh, every sixth day uh, this year, which means some extra two star weeks. So yeah. that'll be pretty nice. Yep. He's still incredibly valuable. Justin, Justin, who's your one? He said, he said, J, Dave said, J Ram. Who's your one? He's J Ram too. Yeah, I think J Ram too. I just think third base is such a pitiful position that it makes a lot of sense. But I also don't think that this is a year in which uh, there is a consensus one. I think there are about five or six guys that really fit the bill for me. Um, and so, like Dave, I don't think I want a top three pick. Uh, if if I'm 
I'm if I'm trying, and I think that there is a drop off around like pick 18, 19. And so I'm probably going to be trying to draft towards the back end yeah. of the first round to try to double tap on a few guys I love. I don't want to be after 11 though. Cause I like, I love like Otani, Jordan and Betts, and then like Vlad Bichette Freeman. That's there's a big drop off there for me. Uh, give me a Bichette Freeman start or a, a Betts, you know, you know, Freeman start. I'd be pretty happy with that. Sounds like as long as you get a Dodger, you're happy. How dare you? <laughs> you, said it. You, you went you went from one Dodger start to two Dodger start. You, you yeah, that's true. I, I'd also be fine with Vlad and Bichette. I mean, there you, you go. Know, so so um, uh, what player outside of the top 180p, you know, well, whatever you're looking at is probably about right. Could you see end up being a first rounder in 2024? I absolutely love this question. This is a great question, by the way. Thank you. Whoever whoever wrote that great question. So Dave. there's there's one answer that's fully cheating, so I can't take that one because the answer mm-hmm. the answer to this question is Bryce Harper, but that's fully, fully cheating. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that aside, that aside. Fully, fully cheating, so I don't want to take credit for that. So the reason <laughs> I think it's a, great, it's a great question is because there's there's two paths to this. There's either, like, the veteran guy who's done it before who comes back to do it again, or there's the young guy who fully breaks out and becomes a star. So, like, those are the only really two paths you can see a guy outside the top 100. So my answer for the, for the first part would be Christian Yelich, I think, is probably one of these answers. I'm never the huge Christian Yelich guy, but – you know, if he tweaks the the fly ball rate up a little bit and the K rate down a little bit, suddenly he's, you know, he's that guy that could be a, a back-end first-round guy. Uh, the pitcher is Lucas Giolito. Like, I, last year he was early second round, and now he's going, what, pick 150 or something like that. So that's the answer there. But then the, the real answer is probably the young guys. Like, it's a young breakout guy. It's a Jordan Walker um, who was, what, 19-22 last year. Yep. Um, he's picked 238 right now. Um, Anthony Volpe, if he like got called up midseason and crushed for the Yankees, he was 1844 in double A last year, low K rate guy. Like, you know, if suddenly he shows he's a 40 steal guy with 15 pop, like that's a guy that could be a first rounder. So like, those are the names, like we just don't know when they come up, but like, it's, it's a really hard question. Cause you look at the top hundred, you're like, and eh, none of these guys are gonna be first rounders, but Yelich and Giolito, I think could, could get there. And then someone like Volpe or Walker, I mean, Gavin Lux, if you know, if he hits, 330 and goes 2020 like it's a first round pick next year but um you know i don't quite see that so probably you know, probably walker like a super long shot like volpe to me if he you know something happened to the yankees and he ended up playing the whole second half yeah jordan walker is the answer he is going to make the opening day roster wow i assume you are uh you are fully taking him in every dc then uh i am at least trying to yeah that's yeah he makes the opening day roster the adp is going I- to skyrocket I got sniped in my most recent one because Paul and I were in the same league and uh. <laughs> he heard me say that on the podcast. So I was like, well, watch this. So, yeah. But you other gotta, than you that. Gotta, you got to throw a name in there of someone like that, that you absolutely hate and see if you just get Paul to take him once. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm sure it would work. Yeah. It would yeah. absolutely you do that. work. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, where did you get the nickname Striker from? I don't know. The war dog came up with it randomly in a <laughs> Vegas suite one night. And I don't know. I don't even know how it started. And he's the, I think he might be the, I think he and Paul the only one would actually use it. So who knows? It's fun though. I love, by the way, the war dog, I never met him before Vegas he's last such year. A he's a guy. Such he's a an great awesome guy. dude. He kind of has this love like him. intimidating personality and nothing like that at all. He's just such a great dude. I loved, uh, I love meeting him, love hanging out with him. So yeah, he, apparently he's, uh, he's calling me striker for some reason. And they, <laughs> it got me a top five finish. So if you want to, if you want to call me whatever you want, if it turns out to be another good season, I'm good with that. <laughs> And then uh, the final question for all our guests is always, are you Dr. Dave? I have not nearly, nearly enough time to be Dr. Dave. I hate to say it, that it was, it was not me. Whoever it is, is, uh, is excellent at keeping secrets. So it's pretty impressive. Do you guys still not know who it is? No idea. 
I mean, it's wow. it's been it's been irrelevant for quite some time, but Justin just gets a kick. <laughs> it'll out of it'll never be there. relevant on this podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say Justin fucking loves that, so I, I left it in for yeah. him. Yeah, unfortunately, I do that. know I do know how to make Twitter burner accounts. I uh, I may have I may have that, and I may have that capability. <laughs> but one of them is not Doctor Dave. I apologize. <laughs> I, I wish I could. What, I wish what I could, is uh, what is one of them, Scott? Yeah, that's not. <laughs> we're not going for that one. <laughs> me and uh, me and Kevin Durant keep those all secret. <laughs> well scott i really appreciate you coming on and joining us thanks so much man absolutely it was a, it was fun it's always a blast to talk to you guys definitely uh, remind remind everybody again where you can reach on social media and then plug uh, all your stuff at rotoware yeah i'm at scott jansen on twitter I'll always talking i'll uh, be talking a lot of baseball here in the next couple of months so we'll obviously shift from other sports over to baseball so definitely come and uh come and follow me or come and hang out and come and chat i love to i love talking baseball this is my my favorite time of year baseball draft time is always the best and then uh sunday night uh rotowire fantasy baseball podcast me and jeff erickson will be uh be there uh every uh, every sunday night all uh, all season long from now until uh until the playoffs so we uh we'll be there and we're live on uh you know all the all the social media platforms we go live we usually about uh usually about eight o'clock Pacific, something like that, uh, between, uh, between eight and nine Pacific. So, uh, come say hi in the chat or come listen to the audio version. Uh, we appreciate that always. Yeah. It's, uh, easily must listening for me. Often I'm uh, listening as you guys are recording, awesome. uh, cause su- Sunday night is one of my nights to work all night. Uh, but it is, uh, it is one of the few podcasts where as soon as it hits the podcast player, it goes straight into the ears. Uh, I didn't know you guys recorded, uh, uh this week, so I'm going to, Definitely kind of, uh, that tonight we, as I work. We kind of, you know, let nice little surprise for everybody. We started <laughs> up a little bit early. So I, I appreciate you saying that it means a lot. Um, you know, obviously you, obviously you guys know it takes a lot of work to do these things. It's not like you just kind of roll up and, uh, you know, start talking about everything, but it, it takes some work. But well, it, actually, I love Justin doing it. does fun. do that half the time. Yeah. Being <laughs> <laughs> that's how you, that's how you know a true pro. If you can just roll up and be good. I'm, I'm not good enough to do that, but I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. A lot. We get a lot of nice comments about the podcast, and it, it really means a lot. It, it makes po- me happy I mean, when I hear that. Yeah, it's one of the flagship podcasts, of course. It's one of the best ones mm-hmm. that's out there for sure. Yeah, thank you. It means a lot. Of course, uh, Dave. What are you working on, uh, or are you working on anything at this yeah, point? You, ask and, me that, uh, you, you make me feel like shit every week. You ask me this goddamn question. I never have an answer for you, other than I'm waiting on Jake's bitch ass to go back to doing high stakes heat. You know, speaking of podcasts that. You know, being a lot of work, um, you know, because also if you have a partner who's less than 100 percent reliable, well, hey, yeah, you scooped me up. So now I'm here in Justin doing this with you and I'm, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I would love to do high stakes heat again with Jake, too. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if that happens in the I don't know, <laughs> hopefully this week. But I've been saying that since like last March. So <laughs> <laughs> you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Email me the show friends of fancy benefits at gmail.com. Uh, I'm writing daily at Fangraphs. Uh, I'm no longer doing the 30 team preseason 30 days because those are done. Oh. However, we will have lots of content coming out. More podcasts than just me and Dave once a week uh, will be coming out on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits feed. I've already got multiple episodes scheduled for every or uh, for every week up through the season. So a lot of content going to be coming your way here at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Give us those five star views. Really, really helps us out. Um, TGFBI signups and tomorrow, if you haven't signed up for TGFBI, tomorrow is the day to do it. Uh, and Potapalooza will be at the end of February. I'll be sending out information uh, for people who want to get involved in that as well. For Scott, Dave, and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball offseason. <laughs>